Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Hangouts and Headlines, December 9th, 2022. It's Casual Friday. Welcome, everyone. I'm glad that we made it here to the end of the week. Anybody have any big news to share from yesterday? No? All right. We'll come back to that. Obviously, a very big day in the world of virtual legality, specifically. Uh, I think I did a three-hour stream, maybe a little bit less than that. As an emergency live, if you caught it yesterday, I'm glad that you were there. If you didn't, it's uh, going to be a pretty fun replay. But it does look like the rest of the year uh, and maybe the rest of next year uh, are going to be a very busy time here on the channel. So please bear with me uh, as we go through the Federal Trade Commission's lawsuit to block Microsoft's Activision acquisition, the biggest deal in the history of the gaming industry. So if you happen to be a mergers and acquisitions lawyer, uh, with a video game themed acquisition based channel, uh, yesterday was pretty wild and it's going to continue to do so. If you didn't see that news, now you know. We're not going to talk about it, I don't think, that much, except to the extent that Hangouts wants to ask questions or otherwise have uh, conversations about the Federal Trade Commission, my feelings uh, about what they have done so far or otherwise. But absent that, my intent is to separate out Hangouts and headlines from. The, the manic, chaotic energy of the gaming sphere just a little bit. So where are you hanging out from? What news do you have? Did you watch the Game Awards last night? If so, what did you think about them? And the, the weird security breach there at the end, just a wild night. I actually enjoyed uh, it for a little behind the scenes. I was chatting with some of my lawyer colleagues here on YouTube while we watched the Game Awards together, as well as my colleagues on BitCast, which makes a little bit more sense. Uh, and we had a lot of fun conversations watching what is one of the world's weirdest award shows kind of continue uh, this particular year. Uh, but let me know what you think. If you saw any of the winners, if you like that. Uh, <laughs> Akaruki says, hey, yesterday's stream was a 2.1 thousand live view stream. Yeah, a lot of people were interested. Uh, a lot of people are still watching. Uh, and we're very likely to go over the amended complaint. Um, so, you know, just rack up the sleep debt with me. Get in there. We got a lot of videos coming. There's about seven I think I concepted out that I could do right now about various reactions to the FTC news and everything else so it's just going to be picking your poison here on the channel figuring out exactly how to maintain uh, the number of videos and concepts and content that we could do on that topic as well as uh, keeping our sanity uh, keeping our law firm uh, and and just staying on course so it's going to be fun uh, already planning out exactly what that's going to look like, but you can be promised that if you're interested in that deal, uh, and you should be, it's it's one of the bigger events in gaming history, uh, we'll be covering it here, as we have already with 50-plus episodes, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm glad so many people are interested in talking with me about this particular topic. But uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting, and certainly this particular Friday, after a very productive, very long week, uh, you look at the road ahead and you're like, okay, we're going to we're gonna have to climb some mountains. We're going to have to jump some hurdles. Uh, it's going to be fun. We're going to have a lot of interesting talks here. Uh, but at this particular moment in time at 7.30 a.m. on Casual Friday, it, uh, it does look like a, a daunting future of things to cover, discuss, and otherwise engage with. So hang on. We're all going to be in this together. It's going to be great. Nicole says good morning from Rochester, Michigan. Good morning, Nicole. I hope you're already having a good morning in Michigan. It's still very early yet here, although not as early as to for those folks to the west of us. Uh, but I hope you're having a great day. Secret Mix Squirrel says, I'm here for Mercury. 
Now, do you think she means the planet or is there like a Mercury dealership nearby? Uh, I, I could go either way on this. <laughs> uh, the hot dog man. Morning, Mr. Hogue. Good morning, the hot dog man. I like the formality of the the there. It's not just hot dog man. It is the hot dog man. Good morning, indeed. And I hope you're having a great Friday already. Uh, Kibble Wet 97. Good morning from New Jersey. Happy to catch you live while I get ready for work. Hopefully this is a helpful stream to have you get ready for work. If you looked at the thumbnail for this, if you're just clicking without looking at the headlines at all, thank you. That's awesome. Uh, you saw that we are doing an article that The Hollywood Reporter put out two days ago that was very interesting. Uh, it was also pretty highly speculative. Uh, and we're going to look at that article and a couple of the reactions from one of the people most implicated in that article, James Gunn, uh, the director of the Suicide Squad and Guardians of the Galaxy, um, who is taking over the DC cinematic and video game and animated universes to create some kind of Marvel competitor uh, and uh, some of the stuff that got reported and how he reacted to it. And we'll talk a little bit about whether it was reported too early, what kind of damage it's potentially doing to these relationships. Uh, and and how we feel about leaks in general. So just kind of be a fun kind of conversation. It is Casual Friday. I don't pretend that the future of the DC movie, video game, animated TV experience uh, is all that important in the grand scheme of the universe, but it is fun to talk about. Uh, and so we will be talking about it this morning. Annalise says, I'm hanging out from Roanoke, Virginia. Awesome. There's also a the there at the end, so I don't know if this continues, uh, but that's... that's uh, that's great to see you, Annalie. I hope Roanoke, Virginia is treating you well. Uh, Jilly Godi says, uh, Christopher Judge had lots to say. Christopher Judge plays Kratos, the main character at Ragnarok. And it appeared from his speech, he got the first award last night, if you didn't see this live, that they weren't going to limit anyone's speeches at all. Right? I, I think if you watch an award show, you're kind of familiar with this cadence. Uh, somebody gets up to have a speech. There is some time limit that presumably they understand. They've been given the rules. Maybe there's a clock up. Maybe there's a, a light or something along those lines. Uh, and uh, then music plays you out to get you off the stage. Well, Christopher Judge, who uh, you know is 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 a relatively well known actor, um, got up there. And in pri prior years of the Game Awards, people basically weren't allowed to give speeches, or they had to be very very short indeed. Christopher Judge gets up there, and I swear. He he talks for 10 minutes. It is the longest award speech that I can recall, absent something like a Lifetime Achievement Award or sometimes Best Director or, or, or Movie or something along those lines. And I thought, I thought during that speech that they had no time limit at all uh, because it didn't make sense to not start music and being off when he's just meandering and wandering in the wilderness, at least rhetorically. <laughs> Saying nothing about God of War Ragnarok as a game, I said enough about that on Twitter last night. Uh, but, um, yeah, they, they, they play him off after an inordinate amount of time. And then what's interesting about that is that this might have been a shift in the actual presentation of the Game Awards, or it might have been something that was known beforehand. Actual video game people, people that make video games and are thinking their studios, their friends, their parents, whatever it is, they're getting played off in like 30 seconds, 45 seconds, something really short as compared to just letting Christopher Judge up there and then a whole host of what I will charitably describe as older actors uh, that just went out there and didn't have any idea where they were and just were rambling. Al Pacino was there rambling like you just caught him at the lobby of Caesar's Palace. I think Mike Masden was there. 
uh, also just kind of rambling about nonsense. Uh, it, yeah, man, on the one hand, I think the Game Awards are a disaster every year. On the other, uh, it's a disaster worth checking out because it's a very unique one. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Midnight Jury says, saw the Game Awards. Sorry, Immortality didn't win anything. Honestly, I didn't expect Immortality to win anything uh, after uh, the nominations came out. Uh, in some respects, when I'm feeling very haughty, uh, I say, well, the Immortality is clearly just too good for this industry, and they don't know what they've got till it's gone. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it, it didn't win anything. I thought performance, it really should have won. I mean, I don't even think it's close. Uh, a lot of people are fans of Christopher Judge. I don't blame them. I like Christopher Judge. And so they collected those votes, uh, in, and he collected those votes in front of what we might consider nobodies. Uh, but Man Engaged, the main character in Immortality, uh, put in what I honestly think is, a, is an Academy Award-level performance uh, across multiple characters and multiple plot lines and multiple story arcs. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I can sit here and say, oh, well, you guys don't recognize Genius? You will eventually. That's okay. I, uh, I'm i not the biggest God of War Ragnarok fan. I have beaten it. You know, I'm not speaking out of turn here. It's not like I'm just projecting onto what I believe the game is. I played it. Um, if you love it, I'm very glad if you love it. But uh, it, it is it is not my favorite. It's probably my least favorite of the Sony originals in some time. In some time. They did announce Hades 2, though. Hades is great. Hades 2 will also be great. Although it is interesting, one of the things we've gotten from Supergiant, the company that makes Hades, is interesting new worlds and interesting new takes on games every time. Like, they haven't made a sequel before. And so I have to admit, I had been wondering what they were working on next. And working on Hades 2 is perhaps the least kind of exciting project that they could have. But more Hades is good Hades. So I can't get argumentative there. I like people talking about the Game Awards. This is fun. I wasn't expecting this. Tyler, I think Judas looks awesome. Best Game Awards in years, in my opinion. Okay. Still too many ads, but got to pay for Al Pacino. Wow. Uh, yeah, Judas is the game by Ken Levine, uh, the original kind of mind behind Bioshock, uh, whose most recent stuff, I think, is Bioshock and Bioshock 3, Bioshock Infinite. Um, but yes, it, it does look like he is returning to that well uh, of somewhat cerebral first-person play. It looked like a Bioshock game in Judas. Um, I'm a little concerned about the title. I have no idea what he plans to pontificate on. I'm not nearly as enamored with his thoughts on uh, uh, various political structures in Bioshock or just generalized racism uh, in Bioshock Infinite. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see. I'm feeling haughty this morning, I guess. I don't know. We could talk about it. Uh, but I hope it's great. Uh, Anero Immortality and Xenoblade got robbed, definitely. Has Xenoblade got, what, no awards? That's pretty crazy. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is kind of a magnum opus type game, like an old school Final Fantasy. Uh, and it certainly deserved at least some attention. <laughs> Calista says, I'm happy that the FTC is giving Hogue endless content options. I said it during the stream yesterday, uh, but I'm very thankful to Microsoft and Activision and the state of California. Uh, we'll just do it as a Game Awards speech, right? I'm, and I'm very thankful towards the uh, the Federal Trade Commission, Chair Lena Khan, uh, the CMA, of course, Europe as a whole, just as a continent. Thank you, Europe, uh, for I, just making this the, uh, the the story of the year and probably the story of next year uh, in this space. We'll cover it, uh, but man, the twists and turns are going to be substantial. So it will be interesting to follow. 
for whatever reason, StreamYard jumped me way ahead. So we'll see if we can catch up here. <laughs> Robbie Dobby ordered a brains hat for my husband yesterday and had to get a brains t-shirt for myself as well. I almost wore my brains hat today. Uh, Casual Friday feels like a brains tavern type uh, type day, but that's actually a great point that I can bring up right now. Co-counsel wanted me to add. If you look at the top bar, which you probably can't see here, the shipping on the store for Christmas uh, is basically by December 10th. Uh, as you might note, that's really, really close. It's December 9th today. Uh, so if you do want to try to get something uh, that is available for Christmas, holiday gaming dino, uh, colorful, ugly sweater, brains, mugs, whatever it is that you're looking for, and you want those available for Christmas or just the holiday season in general, uh, today is probably the day, tomorrow. Uh, we do have a warning here that, that weather in Western Australia is causing delays. So sorry about that if you're in Western Australia. Uh, but just to keep that in mind, because uh, after that point in time, they, they we can't promise uh, they will be there when you need them. So thank you very much, Robbie Dobby, for for checking that out. I hope you enjoy those. I love brains. I actually have the maybe I'll put it on camera at some point. I actually have the um, uh, like the the, the white, uh, uh, white and black, black ink version of, of brains that we're going to put a frame around uh, signed by the artist that I'm really excited about and we'll, we'll put that up uh maybe we'll have it in the background i don't know we'll get a background again soon <laughs> uh deidre says good morning hogan mrs hogan from southeast ohio spending my mornings with you i love spending my mornings with you heart emoji spending my mornings with you thank you deidre we love spending our mornings with you you guys are all fantastic in this space abigail says she's got her iced coffee and so ready for this friday morning stream i was singing hangouts and headlines or whatever i don't i don't know how you sing it but there you go <laughs> I didn't watch the video game awards. Instead, I rewatched Michigan versus OSU for the fourth time. You know, I have yet to rewatch the game this year. I, I should do that actually because it does generally make me happy. I was waiting for Hogue to break out into song. It's that kind of day. Uh, Alexa says, "I'm taking a break from work to listen to Hangouts and Headlines. Having a bad day." Well, I'm very sorry to hear that. Very sorry to hear that. Hopefully, we can just have a fun space here. Chat is awesome. We're gonna have fun conversations. We got an awesome topic. Uh, we've had an awesome week. Lots to discuss. I hope we can make you feel a little bit better, Alexis. Absolutely. Um, hmm. Outbreak Podcast just says, good morning in all caps. I don't know if that's shouting good morning to me or just very excited to be alive and awake this morning. Either way, good morning, Outcast Podcast. Uh, Outbreak Podcast. Outcast Podcast is kind of a funny uh, title, but it's a little hard to say. Jacob says, I am shocked that Xbox didn't show anything at the Game Awards, but nevertheless, I think I know why. And also a picture that In Exile tweeted last month had December the 15th on the calendar. Yeah, Xbox, right? So, I mean, if you have any concerns about the deal with Activision or things, it's probably not, to my opinion, market domination. It's more a concern that Microsoft eats the assets and then nothing ever pops back out. And I know, I know, they're still getting transitioned. They're still getting through the pandemic. They're still figuring out what their operational pipeline is. And yet it is still a little bit disturbing to see them gobble up this, uh, developers and then not really put out games. It's like, we, we need, <laughs> we need, we need you to be making the games. If you buy them, that's, that's something that uh, we'll have to talk to Phil Spencer about at some point. Right. <laughs> Good morning from Brazil. Excited for the game we have later today. Good luck, Brazil in your game. Uh, yep. World cup still going on. Very exciting time. Um, certainly for the people and countries that are still in it, <laughs> says the says the American. Uh, but uh, I wish you luck, Brazil, certainly. 
Uh, Claire says the game award sounds like the perfect watch for a drinking game or bingo. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so yes, no, it's, uh, it's exactly that kind of show. Don't take it seriously. I had some people angry at me, uh, cause I tweet very sarcastically about the game awards. I love the video game industry. I'm a big game industry fan. I tweet sarcastically about the game awards because I just don't think they've ever gotten the formula quite right. And uh, so I'm pretty snarky about all of it. And I'm snarking on like Christopher Judge's speech uh, and things like that. Just treating it like uh, like an Oscar party or something that you might have attended in the past. And I do have some people in there going, like, you just hate everything. Why do you hate gaming? Why are you speaking this way about these games? Uh, you just sound hurt about the winners. It's like, guys, all right. So I, I elevated a tweet. I said, all right. Um, so I watch this sarcastically. That's the fun of it to me. I don't take it seriously. They are the video game awards for Pete's sake. Uh, but absolutely, I will try to put this in one thread. Mute this thread. Uh, this isn't my normal pose or normal tone uh, talking about these things. So apologies. <laughs> uh, but it was funny. Haughty Hogue. Yeah, yeah, I bet. I got that. Yeah. Game Awards were decent, says Russell. Still feel that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was underappreciated. Uh, you know, they were. That's a heck of a game. Absolutely. Britt with the super chat early in the morning. Thank you so much, Britt. More people should take uh, Gervais's advice. Uh, Ricky Gervais. Uh, if you win, come up. Accept your little award. Thank your agent and your God. And deleted for family-friendly stream. Yeah. Um, escort yourself from the stage, I'm sure, is, is what the end of that message is. Um, yeah, uh, it, it's weird because I would, I would actually love to hear a little bit more from the developers, uh, but it's never that way. And it's always filled with people that are either tangentially related to video games, like they appear in a cameo or something like that, or that are just clearly just paid, uh, by, by their agents. It's just like, uh, you know, Pedro Pascal shows up the Mandalorian because he's in the last of us series and they look all of them completely dumb. And it just never comes across quite right. It's a very highly produced, expensive-looking college community theater broadcast, right? And uh, that's interesting. It's an interesting tone. <laughs> Horizon DLC, P PS5 only is nice to see. It's interesting to see, isn't it? They sold you a game on the PS4. I don't know how you feel about that if it's, if it's PS5 only on the DLC. But uh, it is interesting. Oh, uh, Calista says she missed the Hades 2 announcement. Yep, Hades 2 announced. Uh, Death Stranding 2 announced. Uh, some some games that are looking really interesting. You already heard about Judas from Ken Levine's studio. Uh, not a gamer, but the kid in the house came in to show me Al Pacino at the awards thingy. Yeah, looking like he has no idea where he is. And I don't even know if he actually had a speech or he just said, I'm going to wing it. Uh, but it was, uh, it was interesting. <laughs> Claire says, I'm currently replaying Bayonetta. Has the issue about the original voice actor been sorted yet? It's been sorted insofar as the original voice actor was discredited because she was um, playing games with the truth. Uh, and so nobody really has a problem with Bayonetta 3 at this point right now. As, as we surmised, by the way, when we read her statements or, or watched her videos in, in the first place. Uh, but it was a little bit sad to see. Everboard Saga, I know this isn't virtual legality. <laughs> Uh, but the FTC does uh, docs say that the Activision Blizzard King trial date is set for August. Does that mean the deal is on hold in the States till then? Well, this is more complicated than that. I will probably do a video on what a preliminary injunction is and why it matters that the Federal Trade Commission didn't ask for one. 
but suffice it to say, the deal technically isn't on hold. The parties can do what they like uh, pending litigation, but there is a condition to closing that there is no litigation. The parties are not likely to close over that. Um, and so they can continue to move forward with whatever other steps they have to meet conditions and be ready for closing, but for this kind of thing. But the three regulators are by far the biggest item remaining on their checklists. And so effectively on hold isn't quite right because you can always settle with the Federal Trade Commission. You don't want to be going to trial. It's just a matter of whether the Federal Trade Commission isn't interested in any discussions. So it could be on hold. It depends on how kind of obstinate the, the agency is. Uh, but it doesn't have to be. It's a, it's a long runway uh, from here. And Microsoft's going to keep pushing on that. You saw CDL, CWA, the union statement last night. That is another content topic I might cover. I also want to talk about the important dates uh, to this, both the dates that, as you mentioned, August of 2023, uh, the, the hearing is set for, uh, as well as the dates when the penalty price for the deal falling apart to Microsoft change uh, in the future, and as well as the preliminary injunction case in the uh, FTC's lawsuit against Facebook for their attempted purchase of the VR company within, which is right this second at trial. Opening statements were yesterday, quite the crazy day for the FTC, uh, and that is slated to end in December. So I, I want to walk through with everybody like the, the dates to know, because uh, I think that would be useful. But um, no, it's not really on hold, but it is in limbo. I hope that helps. If you remove the awards and ads, this year's Game Awards was the greatest game direct of the year with the other stuff. All right. It does have a lot of ads. It has a lot of ads. It has a lot of silly speeches. It has a lot of weirdness in it. Uh, but there were a lot of good announcements. Uh, I wish it wasn't the combo, honestly. I wish it wasn't like an announcements award thing. I'd like to give both their due. Uh, but here we are. <laughs> Uh, Jacob says, Hogue, the pre-show woman host was talking to the public when the public was simping. Um, I don't know. I, I mostly what I was looking at much like a, a, a real award show, sorry, game awards, uh, was the, uh, the pre-show host had a very interesting outfit. It, it looked almost like the Menomina Muppets. Uh, and I, I was like, huh, well, that is interesting. It's very fashion forward. I would imagine. I can't actually identify that. Uh, but I did I did look at that. So how many awards did Stray win? I think the answer is two. I think it was best debut indie title and something else. Uh, <laughs> I think they won two. Sue says, I love my holiday gaming dino attire and mug. That's fantastic, Sue. That is awesome. Secret McSquirrel, hey, are you, hey, you watching? Please hit that like button. Oh, thank you, Secret McSquirrel. Uh, I really appreciate that. Hearts around the face emoji. Yeah, if you're in here, we're hanging out. It's Hangouts and Headlines, Casual Friday. Hit the like if you like this stuff. If you don't, tell me why. <laughs> tell me about what you don't like and how you don't like me or my hats or anything else in a comment. Yeah. Engagement. Outbreak says, I'm so glad to watch an episode of Hoaglaw. That's the capitalized uh, uh, good morning was for. Absolutely. Disney nerd. Good morning, Hogue fam. Late this morning, running behind on everything. I I am so... What, what, what do the kids say? This is a mood... I, I feel so behind. I had no plans to do a three-hour stream in the middle of yesterday afternoon. I it's uh, We're all going to get across the finish lines together, folks. It's going to be okay. We're going to do it. Casual Friday. Very exciting. Good weekend to come. 
Jacob says, everyone on Twitter is like, how dare Xbox? While I and a few other people say, calm down in Phil, we trust. Just wait a bit longer. Phil hasn't ruined Xbox. I don't trust executives of gaming companies. That's not how I roll on this stuff. I'm sure Xbox will be fine, but I have no question that many Xbox fans were disappointed by them just not showing up at all yesterday. And they they did they decided to not show up at all before any of the madness uh, earlier in the day. So that that was odd. They're supposed to have things that are launching next year, ostensibly early next year, since that they got delayed out of the end of this year. Um, but we don't know much about Redfall. We don't know much about honestly Starfield, um, and so. Those are just looking a little bit more uh, further down the road than we would have anticipated. Bishop Cruz says, only one that annoyed me was Plague Tale or Immortality not winning Best Performance, but it's a popularity contest. Yeah. That was the first award of the night, first real award of the night. And I think I tweeted out, well, okay, if you're going to give Christopher Judge an award for that, just hand all the awards to God of Ragnarok. Because I like Christopher Judge. And I think he performs well as Kratos. Kratos really didn't have a lot to do in Ragnarok. I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. Uh, and he didn't do much to earn that award. But sometimes you just earn it for your name, right? Dame Judi Dench won an Oscar for her name, basically. So that can happen in all sorts of media. Dan Boy asks a question. Would you agree that Microsoft's monopoly of Call of Duty would drive competition for new alternatives? Yeah, I would. It doesn't quite make sense that Microsoft would somehow break gaming from having Call of Duty to me. The thing people are going to struggle with is that the Federal Trade Commission is not making a lot of sense in a host of ways right now. Uh, and I think what they're going to struggle with is, Rick, you're telling me that they don't make sense in a host of ways. You're telling me that the law doesn't work this way, that the precedents don't work this way. How can they do this? And the answer is that at this moment in time, the period where we're looking at a regulator deciding to take action, they have total authority to decide. Right? I have a thumbnail. I have a video called basically anybody can sue anybody. That goes for individuals. It also goes for government regulators. Uh, so the FTC doesn't have to bring a good case. Uh, they just have to bring a case. And the FTC has decided that they are going to bring a case. Um, the more uh, generous among you can think that it's just in order to get concessions and to be a little bit higher leverage. And maybe that is the case. We'll see. Uh, but if you're not feeling so generous, they could just bring a bad case because they want to make the process take long. They want to take resources out. They want to see if they can get the companies to drop. Because the most likely outcome from the FTC bringing a complaint is that the companies just drop their deal. That's what happens the most often. Now, will Microsoft do that? I don't think so. This is not your average deal, but that might be what they're aimed at. They just want the, the process to be the punishment. You can beat the rap, but you can't beat the ride. If you've ever heard that particular statement, meaning you don't have to have a, a good reason to do this thing on a process level. You can't get out of that process. Uh, and so we'll do it anyway. Bob Baker here with a super chat. Thank you so much, Bob, for supporting the channel. Found your channel amidst the Microsoft Activision circus. Thank you for making it all make sense and staying on top of it and for being so down to earth. Hey, I appreciate the kind words. I can only be me. That's what we found here on uh, uh, YouTube, social media in general. So I'm glad that that works for at least many of you. <laughs> I'm never, and this is going to come back to us. We're a good segue here. James Gunn is going to say this later. I can't make everybody happy. Uh, all the time. But I'm, I'm glad that we can have informed discussions about these things, not get dragged into the console wars, or the outrage mobs. There's enough interesting things to learn about and to talk about without being that level of discourse. And I'm, I'm glad so many people have found us so far. We did cross yesterday, by the way, since I think the 500 of you here at eight in the morning uh, in the Eastern time zone uh, are, are always fantastic. You'll probably be interested in this. We did cross 110,000 
subscribers yesterday in that live stream. That was very, very cool. That was a number I had been aimed at, trying to hit by the end of the year. Um, for those of you that follow these things, and I know some of you do because I get messages about it. Um, the We were at 109,000 for a very long time. At least it seemed that way. What actually happened is we had some of the outrage mob stuff, some of the canceling and and those kinds of things. And, and we would get up very close to 110 and we would we go down by 2000 and things like that. And you, you can watch these things. But as I say, and I said at the time, both times, uh, it's not don't don't worry about it. Don't follow it that much. We're going to be fine. And indeed, we were we, more people are finding us now. We're at a good clip. Uh, and I'm really excited about the future of the channel with the FTC stuff going on. We are getting calls from media outlets. We were getting calls before it all happened yesterday. We're getting calls after. I have no idea who's going to use my quotes, uh, but we did talk to a number of big newspapers uh, that you would recognize. So we'll see how that goes and I'll, I'll retweet them if I see them. Uh, but uh, it's it's exciting. And I really appreciate comments like yours, Bob, uh, for letting us know we're going in the right direction. So thank you so much for the super chat and support of the channel. I really do appreciate it. Britt, what do you mean he did not do much? He said boy in so many more ways than anyone thought was possible. That is award worthy. Uh, laughing, crying emoji. It certainly was in 2018, Britt. Many ways. Boy. 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 Where the deer are. Yeah, I can, I can, I can do this. I, he, he is a good actor, and he portrays a good Kratos. Kratos had a lot more to do, uh, both in terms of plot and internal character arc in 2018. Uh, spoiler, again, God of War Ragnarok is not Kratos' story. So giving him best performance for what is essentially a milk toast kind of thing where he sounds checked out and calling in from a zoom call on half of his lines is um, not ideal, especially when you've got a performance that is crazy for video games, like the, the, like the performance in immortality. Some people think the immortality performance shouldn't even be eligible because it's live action and it's filmed by an actual director and it looks like a movie and it's, you know, well acted. So they think that's disqualifying, but I don't. Uh, and uh, that was a shame. That one was a clear miss. Really obvious uh, to go with uh, to, to, to go with man engage for immortality. But here we are, and we got celebration emojis. Those are champagne corks. All this uh, I, I don't know what to ever call these. It's like a it's like a funnel horn with like streamers, uh, thumbs up emojis. Way to go! Yeah, 110 is really nice. Um, you know, that's another 10% increase from the end of debt be heard. So that's, that's really awesome. You set these goals to try to hit these marks. And, uh, so yeah, I'm really excited about it and I'm excited about having all these conversations. I'm excited about moving into, you know, the year with the fifth anniversary of virtual reality. I'll tell you behind the scenes here. Um, the, the fifth anniversary, I don't know if I've mentioned this on stream before or not the fifth anniversary, uh, which will be November 27th, 2023. Uh, was where I had kind of planted my flag in kind of my business plan and thinking about all this and deciding at that point in time whether or not to move forward with this, that I was going to evaluate um, whether this was working, whether it made sense, whether it was good use of time, all this other thing. Uh, and uh, yeah, clearly we are. <laughs> so don't don't worry about that. Uh, but whenever you're kind of planning these things out, when Hoglaw starts, you think about where it is that you want to be and what you want to achieve. When the channel starts, you think about what you want it to do. And this has gone far beyond what I ever thought it could do. But um, yeah, the fifth anniversary is going to be one of those where you say, all right, what do we do? Do we do we invest in this thing? Do I get a real light and camera? Not that I don't love you, Logitech HD 1080p webcam, but perhaps, you know, perhaps we get one of the fancy cameras. I go, I go ask uh, Emily D. Baker, you know, exactly how many thousands of dollars is that lens? 
Um, but uh, uh, yeah, until that point in time, I'm just happy about everything. I, I think it's just, I you know, I'm proud. I don't, I don't like pride. I don't want to uh, to be that guy. But I'm proud of what we're doing here. I'm proud of these conversations we're having and in this space. Uh, and there's a lot of people congratulating. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, it. It is. It's all because of you guys. Uh, it's all because of you guys. Uh, and, and clicking that like button and telling people we're having fun conversations that are hopefully informative uh, to people. And uh, it's uh, it's nice to see. Nice to see. Akaruki says it'll be interesting to see if papers misuse your quote somehow. Uh, here's what I will say about the quoting process. Right, I've now been doing this for a long time because I made friends with some journalists, um, I think, really back when this started, give or take. Um, so you can see me in a couple of outlets. Uh, there are journalists that are really smart and really good about both using your quotes as intended, not recontextualizing them, not cutting them off in midstream or thought, uh, and even sometimes in checking to make sure that you feel like you were properly quoted. Uh, that last step I don't find to be necessary um, if, if I trust you, uh, but there are times, there are journalists I won't talk to uh, that took my quote and then kind of reframed it to mean the opposite and, and had an agenda in the article that they were writing and then tried to get what I said to match that agenda, even if I was directly opposite of it. Uh, and they're not, we don't, we don't give quotes to them anymore. So uh, journalists can do that. It's a, it's an act of trust to give a quote to be quoted in a publication. Uh, and I was working with some new journalists yesterday. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Jacob, did you know that Kratos said boy in God of War 2018 all the time? Not because that was in Judge's script, but because under the development, they didn't come up with a name for him? No, that Atreus wasn't decided upon until late in the day. That is a very interesting piece of information. Legends of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, or Tears of the Kingdom. They really haven't explained. Award winning without even being released yet. Anticipated Game Award is beyond silly. It doesn't matter. No, okay, so I think it actually highlights the point that I would say. People get too invested in this stuff. These are people you don't know with different tastes than you voting on things across a collective so large that not everybody will have even played or seen all of the entrants, and people get excited about who wins and loses. And this is where I get funny comments from my Twitter. It's like, oh, you just seem upset about who won. I, they picked the wrong things, but it's a giant mob of folks uh, that don't talk to each other deciding on this stuff. So what did you expect? It's going to be the thing that they played the most of or that they heard the most in their tweets. And so it's, of course, God of War Ragnarok and Elden Ring. And Elden Ring is more than deserving of the title of Game of the Year, which it won yesterday. It is not my cup of tea, by the way. I am not a Soulsborne uh, aficionado. I, I play them, but they aren't my favorite experiences. And I know my buddies in gaming just are over the moon about Elden Ring. I, it's not my personal game of the year. It might not make my top 10. I haven't put my top 10 together yet, but there's a lot of fun stuff I played this year. Uh, and yet I totally can see exactly how it's the game of the year. Uh, that doesn't go for God of War Ragnarok. I'm sorry. I, it just It's an old design hampered by poor editing and pacing. And I'm going to be talking about it more on another channel very, very soon. <laughs> <laughs> so you can you can look out for that. Oh, you would call the you would call the kind of horn with streamers a party popper. Not to be confused with a party pooper. Party popper. All right. I'm behind, but is Hogue just making like eight videos today? No. Hogue cannot co-counsel. Hogue cannot make that many videos, but he does have concepts for that many videos and figuring out the timing on those, whether I can actually do 
like a long form read of the complaint document, which is 23 pages. And the last time I tried to do 17 pages, it went for three hours and 15 minutes. And I could already feel my voice from doing five and a half hours of video yesterday is not awesome. Um, so we'll see on that. Uh, technically, I think the order of operations should be hitting that first, uh, but I don't know. I got a lot of people asking me to cover various aspects of this. Whew. <laughs> One, two, three, four says 50 videos on FTC, Activision, Microsoft. Yep, 50 videos. Uh, 53, I think, at this point in time. Uh, and I have to clean up some of that stuff. I got that video yesterday up so fast. It's just a logo of the show. Uh, as the thumbnail, I want to get some more uh, enticing thumbnail action up there, uh, probably with a picture of party poppers, because I called it a lawsuit party, and indeed that's what it was. <laughs> Watch out, everyone. Next year we have Hogue with indirect lighting. You mean you bounce it off something? Huh. That probably would look better. Hmm, I'm hiring you, B. Indirect lighting, movable mic stand. I, this is movable. You just have to slide the law books that it rests on to one side or the other. Fancy multiple cameras. Can you even imagine? How would I even hit all those buttons? I'd need a producer. Uh, and all the soundboards. Never going to do the soundboards, I don't think. Although I am very amused by them, uh, by Ian, Rob, and Emily. I've grown quite fond of your setup, especially with Gaming Dino. Gaming Dino will be back. I, I don't know that we're ever going to be less kind of chill and unconventional than, you know, giant red wall, uh, but it's possible. I don't know. You have to evaluate these things. The, the, the trick in business uh, with what you're doing is to constantly be evaluating where you want to go. What do you want to do? What can you do? What do you want it to be? Um, and that goes for law firms. That goes for YouTube channels of moderate success. Uh, and I, uh, I like that process. Uh, so that will be enjoyable, uh, but it will take some time because I am a lawyer. Lawyers are by nature risk averse. And so I move slowly uh, on that stuff. I make changes incrementally. Uh, and then I say, does that work? Are we dead? Did we blow the thing up? No. Next. Right. Uh, George says, did you see the awesomeness of the Diablo 4 release date reveal? Now, here's the thing about the release dates from last night. So I am traditionally, as folks know, I think it's on the bingo cards, everybody, a big fan of Final Fantasy uh, and Final Fantasy. Uh, is releasing its next mainline entry, uh, the first in a number of years, in June of 2022. And Diablo is is putting out its next entry, next mainline entry, uh, in its franchise in June. And Diablo 3 is actually even older than, I think, Final Fantasy 15 by some number of years. Uh, and so you've got two of the biggest gaming franchises on Earth releasing within two weeks of each other. Uh, that's crazy. June 2023, folks. Get excited, not only because of that, but because there's a Supreme Court case that could upend the entirety of Microsoft and Activision that'll probably be decided in June of 2023. And that's another video I should do. Like I said, I, I have been sussing out the videos that I should do on all this stuff. <laughs> uh, is uh, Hoglaw's luck going to run out this weekend? Asks Zelda Master 702. Your lines are on a hot streak uh, or my sick roster Vikings at the last second. <laughs> um. This is gonna. This is the strangest sentence. And as soon as I say it, they will lose. I like the Lions this weekend. <laughs> Things I never say. Things I never ever say. Uh, I need to take time off when Final Fantasy 16 comes out. I never do that, but I'm looking forward to it. Says Callista. God, I hope it's good. It really every time it shows in trailers does not look like a game for me. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not going to. I gild the lily on this. It doesn't look like a Final Fantasy, and it doesn't look like a game for me. I will buy it. I buy Square Enix games. I like Square Enix's weirdness. Um, but I am more 
hopeful than optimistic. We'll see how it goes. Are the Lions favored? <laughs> awesome. 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 Uh, remember Netflix venturing into mobile games? Asks Just Eva. Just saw Immortality being offered on my iPad Netflix app. We'll give it another go. Immortality will be my game of the year. Usually I'm a little bit more uh, cautious about telling everybody what my game of the year is, but it's so obvious uh, to the way I talk about things. And it's so clearly game of the year for me. There's a lot of go other good games I will talk about on that list, uh, but Immortality is so obviously the winner for me. All right. So we went 10 minutes over on Hangouts. We're just having fun. It's casual. We don't have to worry about time limits or deadlines here. Let's talk about DC. So this Wednesday, do check out the store before uh, you uh, before the deadline runs out. This Wednesday, The Hollywood Reporter in their Heat Vision column, and I do like that The Hollywood Reporter names their various columns. I think their, their legal business stuff is called THR Esquire. Uh, and there's some cute stuff that they do with their various column names. <clears throat> Heat Vision put out an article somewhat innocuously titled, Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman not moving forward as DC movies hit turning point. And I say somewhat innocuously titled, not because there isn't news in that headline. Obviously, we analyze headlines, but because the actual nature of this article is more like DC apocalypse, everything must go. Uh, and that's what's actually in there. That's why it's treated that way um, uh, by everybody that's reporting on this. But it's just, I was, I was interested when I put this headline up. I didn't remember what the headline was. Uh, when I put this headline up on the thumbnail, I'm going, oh, that's not a great, that doesn't, for the actual amount of news you have here, that doesn't, I don't even know that the Wonder Woman is the most important part. All right. New DC studio heads, James Gunn and Peter Safran are in the final stages of prepping their multi-year plan ahead of next week's pivotal presentation to Warner Brothers Discovery CEO, David Zaslav. Uh, and if you've been following this, we've covered the kind of transition at Warner Brothers here uh, a couple of times uh, in Hangouts and Headlines. David Zaslav was the discovery guy. He basically took over all the stuff uh, and he's been cutting costs. Uh, let's just not put too fine a point on it. He has been axing jobs, axing movies, consolidating back office support and basically making the company as a combined entity into a leaner, meaner machine. Uh, and certainly the acquisitions lawyer in me looks at that and says, hey, he could be streamlining it for a flip to sell it to someone else. Don't know exactly what the overall plan is. But costs are a concern. Very recently, he brought in James Gunn and Peter Safran as this combo platter to run DC after it did look like their original choice uh, just declined on them, either based on tumult at the company or otherwise. And so they're looking to change up DC. The rumors at the time were that they wanted to make DC into Marvel insofar as Marvel was able to put combined movies together and grow the pot for all of the movies and then sell Avengers films and, and to just figure out a way to have an interconnected universe uh, where, as it turns out, uh, you, they want you to have an interconnectivity with their comic books, their video games, their animation, their TV, and their movies, which as a logistical principle, I say good luck to you. Uh, but what happened is they needed them, the new management, the new creative heads of DC to go and figure out what that looks like. And this is Hollywood Reporter reporting on what they think happened when they decided on this before they actually present their ideas and get a green light or red light from the bosses at Warner Brothers. So what's interesting about that is that this is not only speculative reporting, it's speculative reporting before the decision makers get to it and that in and of itself 
perhaps is happening a little bit early. So let's take a look at how the Hollywood Reporter puts it. They've got this giant purple exclamation point, which I just think everybody should have. Call it DC Rebirth or DC Genesis. I actually called it the death and rebirth of DC, which is, of course, a reference to the famous comic book arc, the death and rebirth of Superman, because I'm just that punny. Maybe call it Identity Crisis or Flashpoint. These titles of past DC Comics event series aptly describe the state of Warner Brothers DC movies, which are on the cusp of a new era, but not before a potentially messy, messy transition period. So just in terms of the art of writing, um, so I get it with this. I get it with the puns. I, I don't know that you actually need to then describe the reason why you're using the puns. It actually seems a little bit clunky to me, but okay. Okay. A cleaning of the slate is common when a new executive team is put in place to run a studio or division, but there is likely little precedent for the amount of Clorox James Gunn and Peter Safran could spray as they prepare to launch DC Studios and guide superhero movies for the next half decade and beyond. I'm always interested in when The Hollywood Reporter and Deadline do this more than most. It, a brand name. You, you wouldn't just use bleach there? Cleaning solution? <laughs> Why, why the Clorox plug? I don't know. Anyway, they're saying that James Gunn and Peter Safran are cleaning house, right? The duo in recent days flew back to Los Angeles from the snowy city of Aspen, Colorado. That's where I make my best decisions from a ski chalet in Aspen, just so you know. Where they were huddled in deep planning and now, like holy figures coming down from the mount, have sets of commandments or a DC Bible in hand. Or, or at least a working blueprint. Gunn and Safran are expected to meet next week with David Zaslav, the Warner Brothers Discovery CEO, who is radically reshaping the media company and who hired the duo in October to lead a newly launched film and TV division. This is actually an interesting point on the timing, right? So they get hired. They sign the contract in early October. And here in early December, they are coming back with what they hope to be at least a decade of planning for what it is that they should be putting their resources in. And I also like radically reshaping is a fairly genteel way of saying laying off seemingly everyone under his purview. The pair will unveil to Zaslav a plan that is expected to lay out their vision, although much of their plan, which insiders paint as still a work in progress. So hang on. We've got anonymous insiders leaking this to the Hollywood Reporter. So we have to take that with a grain of salt. We also have to note that it is possible that someone very closely tied to Warner Brothers, James Gunn, or Peter Safran are deliberately using The Hollywood Reporter for purposes unknown. We don't know exactly why they would leak this. It's possible that they think that there would be a negative reaction to it and they want to stop it, or that there would be a positive reaction. And they want to use it to prove that it'll work to their CEO. No idea. We can't know, and that's the problem with anonymous sources. And one that is yet to be approved in respect to the plan is being kept deep in the Batcave. Details of several possible paths forward are trickling out, and at least one path not being taken has also been revealed. So the reason the headline of this story is about Wonder Woman 3 is because that's the most solid piece of information. Now, I like the original Wonder Woman movie. Wonder Woman 1984 was an absolute disaster in storytelling. We'll come back to that. So it's not a surprise that Wonder Woman is one of the movies deep in the spotlight on this. Uh, but it is a bit of a surprise that they're otherwise axing Patty Jenkins, who looked to be on the upswing of her career uh, and maybe isn't anymore. Multiple sources tell The Hollywood Reporter that Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman 3 is not moving forward and is considered dead in its current incarnation, meaning the Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman. Sources say that Jenkins, all right, Hollywood Reporter, that's right in front of the words. So sources say that Jenkins recently submitted her treatment co-written with Jeff Johns and that Gunn and Safran, as well as Warner Brothers Pictures, co-chairs and co-CEOs Michael DeLuca and Pamela, uh, Pamela Abdi 
broke the news to the filmmaker telling her the project, as it stood, did not fit in with the new but still unfolding plans. Jenkins directed and co-wrote the previous two movies starring Gal Gadot and released uh, in 2017 and 2020. No decision has been made about next steps. I actually didn't realize she co-wrote the first movie. I'm not positive that's correct. Uh, but it is possible that she had some input on that. And then she sold, she solely wrote, I think, the 2020 version. We do get a few responses to that, I believe, here. If I can find out uh, that one. I believe Deadline here has James Gunn's response. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, but Deadline did report as part of this article that they are hearing that Jenkins was given the chance to take another stab at Wonder Woman 3's treatment after receiving notes from all Warner Brothers motion picture brass, not just Gunn and Safran. There were concerns about character arcs and payoffs and the threequel emulating similar structural problems a la Wonder Woman 1984. She decided to take her toys and go home. So this presents at least a slightly different picture because the Hollywood Reporter kind of reports this as axing Patty Jenkins. Uh, and the deadline report says, well, they didn't like the current treatment. They told her to try again. And she said, nah, forget this. DC is under tumult. Warner Brothers is under tumult. I really don't blame any creative for saying I'm not interested in participating in any of this because it just isn't clear at all what's going to move forward in DC land. Uh, but it is interesting to see um, Patty Jenkins, whose star was very much on the rise, doesn't look like she's keeping her Disney Star Wars movie, doesn't look like she's keeping Wonder Woman, uh, and where she stands in the future is is going to be interesting. I think this, uh, this, this stems from 1984 being a disaster uh, as much as it was. Um, no decision has been made about next steps vis-a-vis -vis Wonder Woman. And while costs are not a factor, sure, 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 press X to doubt. Insiders say that DC Studios will not have any overburdensome financial restrictions. The studio could end up saving tens of millions of dollars by not making the third installment. Uh, Gal Gadot, according to sources, was on track for a $20 million payday for Wonder Woman 3, while Jenkins would have received $12 million. Those figures don't include any possible back-end bonuses. Oh, to be the person that rejects a another chance at a job interview for $12 million. Yeah. Wild, wild. Warner's had no comment, but this does appear to be the piece of this puzzle that is the most strongly presented, right? Wonder Woman is gone. Wonder Woman is dead. It's not coming back. <laughs> uh, Akaruki says the taking your toys and going home is, is patronizing phraseology. Uh, if you aren't familiar uh, with Deadline, and we could read all this, we're not going to, uh, that's the way they write their articles. If you imagine, I always imagine Deadline uh, being written like... Um, <clears throat> Uh, the uh, Los Angeles uh, noir picture where you've got a hardened muckraker journalist uh, with a cigar <laughs> and a typewriter cranking out as many alliterative and somewhat ridiculous phrases as they can. Uh, it's that kind of uh, newspaper or outlet. So yes, I, you know, I don't think it's particularly patronizing as much as just, uh, Oh, the pictures are moving fast. See uh, in, uh, in deadline world. So I, I I think that's what's happening. Louis says, Wonder Woman 84 was so bad. I almost read that as World War 84. Wonder Woman 84 was so bad. Maybe the worst comic book movie sequel. Oh, now that's a video. Worst comic book movie sequel. Does it have to be the second in line? Or is it just any generic sequel? Because we've got a lot of Batmans from the 90s to talk about. Superman three maybe certainly superman four 
Uh, sounds like a fun conversation, Louis. 1984. Wonder Woman 1984 was bad. It was it was straight up bad. <laughs> uh, all right. Lots of people talking about Wonder Woman 1984 in the chat. Um, so we come back here. This is what they actually know um, in the Hollywood Reporter. And then we get into the speculation. And I, I do want to I do want to say it's it's Hollywood. This is what they do. Uh, this isn't that important. It's not nuclear secrets or anything like that. But I do think this does approach pretty close to having actual effects on the real world in terms of movies getting made, actors knowing what's happening, uh, directors, staff members, probably more important, people that aren't going to reject a $12 million deal, not knowing what's happening. And it becomes apparent, we're not going to go over all the articles or all the various ways that this was parsed and put out there on the internet, uh, that this did some real damage uh, to how people are thinking about uh, Warner Brothers, certainly, but just movies in general in the space. Uh, and I, I think that's worth talking about as well. It is unclear how any future Wonder Woman movie and Godot's portrayal of the hero would fit into the new DC plan in a bit of a head-scratching timing. Godot tweeted out of the blue a thank you to fans Tuesday, the day before this article, saying she was grateful to be allowed to play the heroine <clears throat> and role model, adding, can't wait to share her next chapter with you. It was unclear whether or not the actress knew the project was being toe-tagged. This is the kind of language these outlets use, right? The rest of the DC slate remains in flux, or at least is being kept deep in a pocket of Gunn's own utility belt, but there are several rumors and possible scenarios to consider ahead of next week's meeting. So this is, when I say speculation, I don't even mean just speculation uh, on one specific thing. Hollywood Reporter basically comes out and says, well, there's about 20 different ideas that are floating around, and we'll talk to you about some of them. And it's interesting to hear about, but it's not terribly concrete. The first, which builds on the shuttering of Jenkins' Wonder Woman 3, is the closing curtain of the Snyderverse. Uh, so Zack Snyder was the kind of lead creative behind the entire DC slate from Man of Steel through to Justice League. Uh, and uh, he was removed. He left uh, during the filming of Justice League. That's where you get the Joss Whedon stories and everything else. Uh, but it's still kind of referred to as the Snyderverse. It takes a, a fairly operatic and dark tone for these famous characters and it didn't gel with a lot of people. I tend to like them more than some, especially the versions of them that are the, the director's cut that aren't sliced to death uh, by Warner Brothers. But I will admit, I think you can do more with the DC universe, certainly. This one sees the shutting down of Man of Steel 2 with the returning Henry Cavill and having no more Aquaman fronted by Jason Momoa. Now this is interesting, right? So Hollywood Reporter says, hey, one of the possibilities, and this should always be on the table, one of the possibilities is we just get rid of everybody that's currently working in DC. We've got new boss. We don't want it to be the same as the old boss. We don't want to carry on legacy characters, legacy actors from what was happening in DC before. And so we just get rid of everything. What is somewhat interesting about this particular kind of plan, if it were to come to fruition, is Henry Cavill, right? We just covered Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill stepped away from The Witcher uh, saying, uh, well, he didn't say much of anything, but he stepped away from The Witcher at the same time that uh, Black Adam comes out, he appears in a cameo, and he says, yeah, I'm back as Superman, because Man of Steel 2 is being worked on. We'll see that in this article. And it might not be. So you've got a lot of interesting fandoms kind of coalescing, because people said he gave up The Witcher to be in the DC films, and those DC films are at some level of risk. Uh, I don't think that's actually what happened with The Witcher. It seems like he was discontented with the direction it was moving in as well. Uh, but it is an interesting aspect of the story, if they just got rid of everybody. Now, Henry Cavill tests well as Superman. Jason Momoa tests well as Aquaman. Um, some other characters in Aquaman don't test as well. I'll leave that to your imagination. But that doesn't mean they should stay in this particular conception 
because you just don't want connectivity to the old. Is that a wise decision? Don't know. It's not a decision that's actually been made, as The Hollywood Reporter reports it. These characters are to cameo in Flash, the next movie starring the entirely non-controversial Ezra Miller, <laughs> the highly anticipated time travel adventure movie set to release next summer in June, right between Diablo and Final Fantasy 16. Cavill shot his part of the cameo in September, but sources say there is a debate inside the studio as whether or not to keep the cameo and if its inclusion promises something that the studio would, would have no plans on delivering. So they've got themselves in a, in a quandary, right? They brought Henry Cavill back. He shot apparently two cameos, one for Flash, one for Black Adam. And they're a little concerned that people are starting to think they're bringing Henry Cavill back as Superman because they, well, they keep putting him in movies as Superman and are talking to themselves, very unlike Hollywood executives, and saying, are we writing a check that we're not intending to cash? Are we taking advantage of people's fandoms in a way that's unscrupulous and potentially unethical? Hmm. Now, at the end of the day, if they think Henry Cavill can increase the box office for Flash, he's staying in the movie, folks. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Uh, but they are apparently discussing whether or not it's a good idea to have him in that movie. A Warner Insider cautions that no plans have been finalized and that Flash remains an unlocked picture. Nothing is finished on Flash. If they could remove Ezra Miller, they might, uh, but they can't because he's like the main character and whatnot. Uh, and so Flash is a mess. They don't know what to do with Superman. There are no plans that are finalized anywhere here. The Hollywood Reporter is doing the right thing in terms of describing, we're about to give somewhat rampant rumors and speculation here. Take it all with a grain of salt. But do people take these things with a grain of salt? Really? No. There were reports everywhere about virtually every sentence of this article if you follow this kind of stuff online. The Cavill situation is a more than a little thorny as the actor made a cameo in Black Adam, the DC-centric movie released in October. The Monday after the movie opened, Cavill posted a video on Instagram where he announced, I wanted to make it official, I'm back as Superman. And indeed, that was a big moment. Lots of folks covered that. And at the time... The Hollywood Reporter says he was not incorrect. I love not incorrect. It's a very lawyer way of saying. You could just say correct. Why? Why when we can do it with more words? He was not incorrect. Warner Brothers was indeed developing a sequel for 2013's Man of Steel and actively meeting with writers. Andy Machete, who directed Flash, even expressed interest in sitting behind the camera for something that would have brought a tone similar to the hopeful and heroic colors of the 1978 movie directed by Richard Donner, considered a benchmark in comic book movies. It was indeed a benchmark. Christopher Reeves. In fact, the current leadership team at Warner Brothers did desire one more go-around of the Snyderverse heroes, possibly even having another Justice League movie with those actors. With Ben Affleck? He kind of retired as Batman? Don't know. Who knows? We have no idea what that plan would have been. We do know that when Henry Cavill talks about Superman coming off of Black Adam, he does talk about having more joy, having more of this kind of heroic and hopeful Superman uh, in the movie. So that all matches up with what the plan would have been. But Hollywood Reporter continues. That was before Gunn and Safran began formulating their new and still in flux plan. So understand that the timeline here is very condensed. Black Adam only came out over the summer. Henry Cavill only announced his coming back as Superman in that same time period. Gunn is hired in October. They go and make this plan and now they might not be having that movie done at all. Also unlikely is a sequel to Black Adam, despite the hype surrounding the movie, launching a new corner of the DC uh, universe, a lot of it led by star Dwayne The Rock Johnson. The movie has only grossed about $385 million worldwide, and insiders at the studio said the movie, which cost more than $190 million to produce, two sources pegged the actual cost of about $230 million, not including marketing, will be lucky to break even, even considering ancillary revenue. Even if the movie does eke out a minimal profit, any follow-ups inherent rising costs dim the prospect of a sequel. Yeah, it's, it's not 
certainly for a high cost movie, it's not a rampaging success. Although one does wonder since Black Adam was in production for so long, exactly how many iterations of that film are, are baked into these numbers, which probably shouldn't fall at the feet of the film you actually wound up releasing as much as bad management, but I digress. So Black Adam, not in good straits. Man of Steel 2, not in good straits. Black Adam has a more difficult problem, which is that The Rock has been out on social media and in interviews basically defending the project. Uh, and also, I, I don't know how best to say this, it was an unusual set of uh, statements claiming ownership of the fact that Henry Cavill is back as Superman, effectively saying that he did that. Johnson hoped to carve out his own piece of the DC pie, but multiple sources say his playing up of a returning Cavill and his own involvement with DC may not be endearing him to the new management. So he goes out there and says, I did this. They didn't want him back and I did this. Uh, and uh, yeah, if you want to offend your bosses, you go and take credit for something. Uh, maybe justifiably, but either way, it's not necessarily going to be a great closed door meeting for you. Johnson and Cavill, and here was an interesting piece of news that I didn't know, are both managed by Danny Garcia, who is also Johnson's producing partner. So they have the same management. The perception of Adam turning a profit or not is a conflagration now being waged in public. I'm not sure, conflagration? Fine, Hollywood Reporter. With Johnson tweeting the movie would net over $50 million after a variety story said the movie would lose over $50 million theatrically. So they're fighting about whether it makes money. Hollywood accounting, folks. It it made a billion dollars. It also lost a billion simultaneously. That's the real trick. Momoa, meanwhile, could emerge as a pivotal figure in the new plans, according to several sources, in one scenario. And again, Hollywood Reporter is just picking and choosing random facts over what it thinks it knows that haven't been voted on by the leadership at Warner Brothers. And so is just putting stuff out there into the universe. The actor would wrap up his days as underwater hero Arthur Curry with Lost City, which I guess is the full name of Aquaman 2. I don't even think I knew that. Due out Christmas Day 2023, which would be the final movie release that was made by the previous regime. But it would not spell the end of the actor's involvement with DC, with sources saying the actor would lead another movie or franchise. Now, hold on, Hollywood Reporter. You're suggesting to me that they are going to fire a bunch of these actors and acts a bunch of these things primarily because you want a clean slate. And then the plan could be to take Jason Momoa and make him a different character in your new look DC universe. Okay. The character of Lobo, a foul mouthed cigar chomping intergalactic bounty hunter comic books has been mentioned in connection with Momoa having known Lobo a little bit in video game land. He, he, he does fit the Lobo kind of characteristics. Whether or not Momoa does play everybody's favorite Bastiche. Lobo emerging as a rising character early on in the conversation may point to the kinds of characters the Gun Saffron team may be focusing on. The character is an outsider, an anti-hero, and is keeping in line with Gun's specialty of taking the offbeat and quirky and flipping it into crowd-pleasing fare. Uh, Lobo obviously isn't Batman or Superman. He doesn't also appear to be like Star-Lord and Groot. This is also wild speculation, right? They've got a notion that in one scenario, they'd move Jason Momoa from Aquaman to Lobo. And then they just go and speculate that James Gunn, who did make the Suicide Squad and did make Guardians of the Galaxy, might be trying to turn the whole DC universe into the Island of Misfit Toys. I don't think that is a justified speculation. And I don't know that everybody that reads these articles is going to say, hey, look, 
this paragraph doesn't have any connection to any actual news. This is the author saying, hey, maybe he's just going to do like weirdos and freaks. Yeah. Um, there's no reason to believe that. Jason Momoa fits kind of the mold of that particular character. You have Jason Momoa under contract. Jason Momoa likes working with you. You say, how can we continue to work with him? But we still want to ax Aquaman. That could be the kind of thing that you at least float. You float these things. You see what the president, you see what the executives want to do. We're in the brainstorming phase. Hollywood Reporter got its hands on and just is going nuts. Part of the plan could entail a truly fresh start and having no baggage from any previous regimes as they said about resetting how DC movies and shows are made. That, however, does not take into account the possible success of movies like Shazam, Fury of the Gods, coming St. Patrick's Day, which is also the day that the new Star Wars Jedi game comes out, on which Safran is a producer. Oh, now, wait a minute. Hold on. Are you suggesting to me now, Hollywood Reporter, that the new heads of the studio that also produced one of the movies might be more gentle with that movie that they produced? Hmm. The more you know. And Blue Beetle... August 18th, 2023, which I think we're actually looking forward to in Hogue House because uh, my daughter's a little bit obsessed with Cobra Kai and that stars one of the main Cobra Kai people. Would that plan include forging ahead without the actors who inhabit those characters and recast them, even if those movies prove to be box office hits? Zachary Levi, hardest hit. Bring back Chuck. Observers are convinced the plan calls for an interconnected story universe and there is rumblings of the establishment of a creative brain trust. The brain trust may already be rolling in some capacity as sources say that Safran had in recent weeks been meeting with writers at his Los Angeles home in an effort to hone the presentation, gathering feedback and ideas for the plan. Maybe. One part is that Gun Safran agenda seems likely not to touch, at least for now, is the Matt Reeves Batman universe in which Robert Pattinson dons the cowl of the Cape Crusader as the world's saddest Batman. I added that last part. Reeves is writing the sequel to The Batman, which opened March 4th. The filmmaker is also overseeing the launch of two Batman series that spin out of his movie, including The Penguin. Well, here's the thing. DC had a very unusual kind of approach to this. And you had the DC Cinematic Universe with Ben Affleck's Batman and with Henry Cavill's Superman and with Gal Gadot's Wonder Man that went in a certain direction. And then when that wasn't working out, one of the things that they did was basically just allow non-universe entries using the characters that were otherwise in the DC comic book milieu. So that's how you get Joker. That's how you get the Batman. The problem is if you want to have some kind of brand recognition and awareness, and you want to compete with Marvel on this score, you probably can't just let the Batman sit out there unless you intend for it to be your Batman. Uh, and I, so I didn't like the Batman as much as other people did. We'll, we'll start that. This is just a video of things I didn't like as much as other people did. God of War, Ragnarok, the Batman, um, and things that I like much more than other people, like immortality. Uh, I think you really have to sort out exactly what you're doing there. And I'm not, I am not willing to say that James Gunn and Peter Safran aren't smart enough to realize that. I think what the Hollywood Reporter did here was just really start speculating on what is going to happen because they returned and they're going to be presenting in short order to the presidency and they wanted to get out first. Um, and I, I don't begrudge journalists that I definitely don't. Uh, but, but like there was some real questions had about this article. Uh, what do you think before we move on to James Gunn's response? He had a pretty extended response on Twitter. The deadline reported. We're going to look at that. Uh, and uh, the, we'll also have an article, which we may not cover as much, about the shakeup in Hollywood and how people feel about the lack of communication between DC uh, and the other folks. 
Uh, I want to know what you guys are thinking on this. First of all, does it sound like a good idea where you invested it all in the Snyder verse? Um, did you enjoy Zack Snyder's Justice League, the four hour and 10 minute uh, opus? Uh, I do like it a lot better than the original. Uh, Don says Lobo is a much better character than Aquaman. Nobody needs another Aquaman movie. Well, but does Lobo have like futuristic laser sharks fighting seahorses? And if the answer is no, we have to ask ourselves, was something of value lost? Because I actually, Aquaman, the ridiculousness of Aquaman, I rather enjoyed. The very serious uh, uh, montage of workshopping to build that ridiculous kind of, uh, what is it, Black Manta head? Mantis? Manta? I, again, DC characters. Uh, it was, was insane. You know, I love that. Uh, I think Jason Momoa is just a kind of ridiculous superhero in general. Uh, so I enjoy that. So, you know, Lobo seems to be kind of more his style and is an ob more obvious fit to me, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, what else do we have going on here in terms of your thoughts before we head on to the next thing? <laughs> DC is best when it just produces movies that are not part of a connected universe. They can just release great comic book movies like The Batman. They clearly have no idea how to connect movies. Well, they, they hired in new. They got rid of everybody. They got rid of everybody that was making the old movies. So to the extent that DC does anything vis-a-vis -vis movies, this is this is a new DC. The DC is just people. The people are all new. Um, and the new people are saying essentially what you're saying here. They didn't know what they were doing. We should wipe the slate clean, potentially, as Hollywood Reporter is reporting here. Uh, so we'll see. But I wouldn't just throw them directly under the bus of they couldn't possibly do this because I think at the end of the day, uh, they, they could. Um, it could be a success. James Gunn has never tried this, but he certainly had success writing his own stories. Guardians of the Galaxy is one of the more popular additions to the Marvel Universe. Uh, and so I, I think they're putting their trust in him. And we'll see how it goes. I don't tend to love James Gunn's humor, especially uh, as much as other people do. I thought Guardians 2 was a misfire. I did not like the Suicide Squad. I'm just sounding like a real negative Nelly here. Uh, but uh, I know a number of people did like them. And it's possible that he can create something that a number more people will like. Uh, Bishop Cruz says, thank you. I thought I was taking crazy pills when everyone was gushing about Pattinson. Pattinson, Batman. Got you. As if it was an amazing fresh take on the character. It's a different take. It's a different take. And I do like aspects of it. But there are certain things in that movie. It's way too long. It has no idea how to finish. It uses a very poor plot for a Riddler plot. Uh, the car chase scene is the worst I've seen since Quantum of Solace. Just really bad direction. Uh, and, uh, it's just constantly dark and orange, you know, if you're into that, great. Uh, but, uh, I done, I, I didn't like it as much as other people. And as Shelly says, entirely appropriately, the recent Batman was great. Reasonable minds can differ. Cheers to that. It's art. It's a movie. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's my way or the highway on this stuff, folks. If you loved it, don't let me bring you down. I didn't like it as much. That's Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Heathers, I'm going to need Hogue to start reporting on the Witcher Netflix shenanigans now. I did see a, a, an apologetic about uh, exactly what, um, what what's his name? Liam Hemsworth is going to bring to the table, to which I responded in my head, nothing. Uh, but that's not what was said in the quotes. Uh, new energy, uh, new excitement. Uh, so, yeah, the Witcher is a train wreck. What's really funny about the Witcher is that Netflix has this reputation, and it's a justified one, of canceling everything even before it has a chance to bloom that fans of something can see okay that one's really going to work 
We just need to let it grow a little bit more. And Netflix axes it as soon as the analytics turn against it. Um, versus The Witcher. The Witcher has been a tire fire for all three seasons. The third season, of course, not being shown to us yet, but having been produced already. The, the prequel series that they just put a trailer up for looks terrible. And yet it can survive anything <laughs> because Netflix believes in its analytics. Now that will, I, I will predict that will change uh, with the new Witcher lead because I don't think Liam Hemsworth brings anybody to any parties at all of any kind. Uh, but again, I, I'm I'm not the biggest Liam Hemsworth fan. We got to find something that I really enjoy, folks. This is starting to feel negative here on Casual Friday. Uh, but uh, yeah, Liam Hemsworth, I, I I don't think can hold the the Witcher there. Uh, if you're interested in like fantasy monster fighting, I think you'll actually have a better chance with whatever Battle Nun or, or whatever it's called on Netflix uh, than The Witcher. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, uh, I'll, I'll cover it. We'll, we'll see what happens over there because it's it's hilarious. Uh, SS Shar says, I love the four hour Snyder Cut, but at this point, be done with it all. Start over. Dump the remaining four movies on HBO Max. Stop the slow death. Uh, yeah, possibly. Possibly. I also like the Snyder Justice League, certainly a lot more than the original Justice League. Uh, Zack Snyder, I would just describe as a, a creative weirdo. He's, he, he took these things and made just a really interesting thing to look at, regardless of whether or not you fully like it. It's like, wow, you saw that in Superman and Batman, huh? That's, uh, that's wild. Uh, and I, I, I do enjoy that. So as Bishop Cruz says, Steiner versus flawed, but so is the MCU. I think the issue is just about tone and the text of the script's not quite meshing at all times. I think the studio didn't believe in him. I think you have just massive cuts to things like Batman versus Superman that completely crush whatever thing was happening in that movie. Uh, and you have similar kind of moves on Justice League. They took the Justice League film. I, I think film classes are probably already doing this, but looking at what was made in Zack Snyder's Justice League and what was released as the, whatever it is, hour and a half long version of Joss Whedon's Justice League and looking at what was kept and what was changed and what was done uh, is very, very interesting uh, because you do have all of that kind of dissonance uh, in trying to make what Zack Snyder was making into kind of like this joyful romp and it never worked ever. Uh, and so at least with Zack Snyder's Justice League, you get to see the fruition of, okay, this is what you wanted to make. I think it all makes sense in the universe that you built. I'm not sure anybody wants to live here, but I am respectful of putting in a novel bit of creativity. Justice because bring back the Technicolor superhero fantasies of yesteryear. I think that's what Superman really should be. And I said this before, one of the big problems with the Snyderverse, in my opinion, was that Superman was too dour. And so what Superman versus Batman as a concept should be is this clash of universes. Superman, hero, justice, color, hope, and Batman, grimy, dark, psychological terror type, type guy. And, and when those universes cross, that kind of crossover is what is fun. But if they're the same tone, if they're the same flavor, the crossover isn't fun. There's no, there's nothing to cross over, right? So I, I think that was the biggest problem with like the Batman and Superman concepts is that Batman felt like Superman felt like Batman. And so when they cross paths, you're like, I mean, yeah, they're just characters in the same movie. Sue Lillard, if you're looking for a fun and campy superhero movie, watch Flash Gordon with music by Queen, heart emoji. I don't think I've ever seen that. Don't think I've ever seen that. I am familiar with Flash Gordon. There was a Sega Genesis game that I really enjoyed uh, called Flash Gordon at, and the, you know, something like an Indiana Jones uh, subtitle uh, that I really liked, but I don't think I've seen the movie. Kelly Clancy says, you know why Spielberg is so great? He changes it up. Gives me something different each time. 
that doesn't follow formula. Well, he, he does love, he does love tonal things. He does love kind of the bonds of family in general. Uh, but yeah, Steven Spielberg has spent a, a long time making different kinds of movie with a good eye. Uh, so I, you know, I like Spielberg. I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing his what movie about making movies. Always fun when they do that. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. You need to watch Flash Gordon stat. Okay, I'll add it to the list. I do need new stuff to watch all the time. So I will add it to the list. Brett had a super chat I think I missed from earlier. Diablo 3 is 10 years old. So if Diablo 4 is released in 2023, that will be 11 years. A whole year better than Diablo 2 to Diablo 3. They are speeding up. By the time we get to like Diablo 9, it'll be a short order between games. We'll probably be dead, but it's okay. Happy thoughts on Casual Friday. <laughs> uh, what a day. All right, let's see how James Gunn responded to this. Not well, as you might imagine. Uh, so Deadline reports on this. And I'm using Deadline here. It's primarily James Gunn primary tweets, but I don't like reading down the tweets uh, if I can avoid it. So they report on what James Gunn said. In regards to the news that came out yesterday, so this is a Deadline article on Thursday, yesterday to us, including buzz that the newly announced Henry Cavill may or may not reprise Superman, as well as other possible turnover of DC stars and franchises. Gunn says today, some of it is true, some of it is half true, some of it is not true, and some of it we haven't decided yet whether it's true or not. And I think that sounds right from even what the Hollywood Reporter said it was reporting. I think Wonder Woman is done. That seems pretty true. Uh, and everything else is in various states of undress, we might say. Uh, now, I do have to point out, we talk about writing a little bit. We talk about rhetoric. Uh, I highlight some of these sentences. We, we're diagramming sentences here today in uh, in Hangouts and Headlines. And I have to point out, Deadline said, basically as the sentence, the optics doesn't look good optically. Editors, people. The optics doesn't look good optically. So if you ever think you're reading an article and you're like, ah, that didn't make sense to me. I don't understand what that said, as, as I often do. Um, probably something like this occurred. And it's not you, it's them. Uh, that writing is just like second, third, fourth priority at, uh, at outlets in some cases here. Uh, Gun continues and true when a new studio head or football coach comes in, they want to make it their own thing and not pick anyone's scraps. And I actually tweeted this when I saw this article on Wednesday night. They said, yep, new boss always wants to make his own way and mold his own vision. Uh, and sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. We'll see. Certainly as a Michigan football fan, I am a fan of the current and reigning back-to-back -back Big Ten champions. Hey, everybody. Uh, there was a period of time not so long ago where we had a parade of head coaches come into Michigan and decide that we didn't want to be a power football running team. We were going to be a spread offense, air attack thing. And that was a tire fire. And then somebody after that came in and said, we don't want to be a spread offense, air attack thing. We're going to go back to power football. Problem is that when the first guy tried to make us into an air attack thing, he didn't have the personnel to do that. As he started to get that personnel, he was fired. The new guy came in and said, I want to go back to power football. Didn't have the personnel to do that. And lo, you get 20 years in the Michigan wilderness. But not these years, friends. Not these years. So, yes, it is the normal course of business. It can also go disastrously wrong. So, get excited. We're making big changes over at Warner Brothers, so we'll see what happens. They want to make a cohesive story. Peter and I chose to helm DC Studios knowing we were coming into a fractious environment. thought I was really the only one that regularly used fractious, but more power to you, Mr. Gunn, both in the stories being told and in the audience itself. And there would be unavoidable transition period as we moved into telling a cohesive story 
across film, TV, animation, and gaming. Am I wrong, chat? Do you read this the same way? This seems like a little bit of shade. We, we are moving into telling a cohesive story. Is that a little bit like, unlike our predecessors and their craziness, never really pulled that off? Feels like a little shade. Paige, Paige is coming into the chat saying, oh, sports, yes, you can totally you can totally botch a coaching transition. It is no fun. I feel you, Hogue. Buffalo Bills fan here. We had a really, really long slump. I really like the Bills right now. Wish the Lions would have beat them. Think they should have, but I really like the Bills as a team. I really like Josh Allen. Uh, so uh, I'm looking forward to watching the Bills. They're, they're one of my sub-teams because I often need one uh, when the Lions do the Lions. Do not mention Rich Rod's name. You made me mention Rich Rod. I didn't say Rich Rod. I knew from the first press conference he was not a Michigan man. Go blue, May's heart, blue heart, May's heart. Uh, yeah, I didn't say the names. I didn't say the names. We had a sequence where the new boss came in, wanted to realize his vision, didn't have the personnel to do so, didn't care. Didn't care. Uh, and that can happen as coaching. That can happen at companies, right? You've probably experienced this in your life, member of chat, who I'm talking to uh, anonymously and on an aggregated basis. Uh, where somebody new comes in, buys the company, otherwise gets hired to run the company, doesn't do the way this uh, things the same way, and doesn't gel, doesn't connect uh, with the current staff there at the same rate that the old boss did, and remolds it to their vision, which might be to blast off into success, or it might be to scuttle the whole shit. I'm, I'm sure that you have worked uh, worked through some of those things as I have uh, in the past. Uh, we do have some kind thoughts for the Lions. Really like the Lions this season as a 49ers fan. Lions are coming around. I still think the coach uh, will make absolutely idiotic, nonsensical decisions if faced with a stress moment towards the end of the game. But I think we're just going to have to live with that because he clearly motivates and coaches up his team. Kelly C says that is not an approved name to be talked about on Casual Fridays. Do not say Rich Rod. We'll have to make like a list of Rick's not allowed to say things like Rich Rodriguez. Same goes for the head coach who shan't be named for the H coach. <laughs> Okay, is this like the Candyman or Bloody Mary? Richrod, Richrod, Richrod. Hoke, Hoke, Hoke. Hoke is really close to Hogue, actually, in terms of sounds. <laughs> the Heathers, my partner has been feeling himself after Michigan beat Ohio State. Well, hey, how he spends his time is up to him, uh, but certainly the Ohio State game was a very exciting moment for Michigan fans. Uh, if Warner Brothers had let the Snyderverse play out, it would have been done by now and having a reboot wouldn't be an issue. It's a fair comment, actually. Yeah, you could have worked through the whole thing. He had basically one more movie he wanted to do, right? Zack Snyder's Justice League kind of sets up a, a Justice League part two. Could have had that one in the can. Could have been done and, and moved on. I think that's a good comment, Bishop Cruz. Crazy Cat Queen. You mean like Deion Sanders at Colorado recently? That's an excellent example. Crazy Cat Queen. Deion Sanders, if you haven't seen this, prime time, rolls into the Colorado locker room and says something along the lines of, my son, who is a quarterback at uh, the school that he coaches at presently or before Colorado, I want to say Jackson State, um, he, he brings it into the locker room. He says, my son is going to be your new quarterback. Basically live with it. <clears throat> and if you don't like the way I'm doing things, go get into the transfer portal, which is not a fantasy element. It's the name that is used for kids to go between colleges uh, in college football. Deion Sanders walks into that room and says, we're going to change things around here. Now, in fairness, Colorado was like one in 11. Uh, and so you want your new guy to be like, we're not going to do anything like the old guy because it wasn't working. And yet 
it comes across as pretty crass. It comes across as a uh, pretty, um, hmm, pretty draconian against the players that had put their blood, sweat, and tears into a failing uh, but existent effort at Colorado. And that's exactly right, Crazy Cat Queen. Excellent reference. Thank you so much. Handout Bath, Bath Co. says, completely unrelated. That's all right. It's casual Friday. Let's do whatever. But Mama Bragg, middle child graduates today with a BS, Bachelor of Science in Sustainable Agriculture. Congratulations. That is awesome. Uh, fantastic for them. And I hope they do some fun stuff with sustaining, well, us and agriculture. <laughs> that is that is excellent. I'm glad that we can highlight those kinds of things. Uh, Kelly, see, those are the negativity names that are not allowed to be spoken during this mag magnificent season. Uh, oh my goodness to the transfer portal says the hot dog man exactly that's right by the by the, the hoary hosts of hogoth to the transfer portal <laughs> transfer portal sounds intriguing yeah see i knew i i wanted to say as i say this it's like if you don't know the college football scene transfer portal sounds exciting no it's just a mechanism to move between schools all right so they say they want to tell a cohesive story, but in the end, the drawbacks of that transitional period were dwarfed by the creative possibilities and the opportunity to bring upon what has worked in DC so far and to help rectify what has not. Build upon what has worked in DC so far. Hmm. That's a slightly different quote than what we saw the Hollywood Reporter reporting. Unless you want to try to kind of squeeze Jason Momoa into a particular box, and I know some of you do. We know we are not going to make every single person happy every step of the way, but we can promise everything we do is done in the service of the story and in the service of the DC characters. We know you cherish and we have cherished our whole lives. So this is a good note. Nothing you ever do is going to make everybody happy. Nothing I do is going to make everybody happy. Nothing that you and chat ever do is going to make everybody happy. And I think that's a good note, <clears throat> but it doesn't actually win the day, right? Everything we do is in service of the story is probably better thought of from a kind of realist perspective is everything you do, if we're giving you full benefit of the doubt, is going to try to be in service of the story, is going to use to the best of your human abilities, uh, getting to story, getting to narrative, getting to characters. But it might not work. We don't know. <clears throat> Even successful producers and directors have misses. So we're just hopeful that DC isn't one of them. As for more answers about the future of the DCU, don't use DCU. MCU exists. Come up with your own name. I will sadly have to ask you to wait. We are giving these characters and the stories the time and attention they deserve, and we ourselves still have a lot more questions to ask and answer. Word is that Gunn and Safran are giving a download to Zaslav. God, I hate that. And talent reps before the holiday in regards to their grand design. Now, talent reps is a big item here because they apparently know nothing on this and were somewhat taken by surprise when the Hollywood Reporter article went out. And this will be the last thing that we cover for today. And then we can let everybody go on their casual Friday way. DC disruption has town jittery. What's next for Man of Steel and other sequels after Wonder Woman 3 jolt? And again, I say, I diagram sentences. Wednesday's DC chaos has left the town with a bad case of PTSD. The lack of communication to talent reps and content creators has brought back bad flashbacks of when Warner Media was doing bad things or even when Disney was fighting with Scarlett Johansson, covered in virtual legality. This is creating a riot, says one content maker connected to DC Fair. Anonymous sourced, don't have any idea what that means. That could be the web series 
for DC, who knows, about the level of silence they've received on the fate of their projects going forward. And it's a horrible optic. Sounds like there's bad eyesight all across Hollywood. They're constantly talking about optics. This business is based on relationships. Now, I don't think Warner Brothers wanted to go out with any of this. It doesn't strike me as a Warner Brothers controlled leak, but if it was, then this is unfair to the people that are working with you. Even if it isn't, it's probably all hands on deck emergency time, but it doesn't sound like that's how Warner Brothers treated it. When it comes to the rumors out there that core DC superhero cast members Gal Gadot, Jason Momoa, and Henry Cavill might be recast as the Gun Saffron administration creates a synergistic plan for the DC brand, you can see that on a PowerPoint presentation in a boardroom, right? <clears throat> Uh, we here at Gun Saffron are creating a synergistic plan for the DC brand across all mediums. Uh, our source says, so this is the source that is connected to DC Fair, a little weaker than we would expect on even that description. These franchises, which already make a lot of money, why stop them? How can a studio that's bearing so much debt afford to start from scratch? There are scripts and actor schedules to be figured out. Not to put too fine a point on it, but sometimes when you're in debt or when you're trying to cut costs, Getting rid of the actors on their sequel budgets can save a lot of money. Sorry. Uh, the three actors in Black Adam's Dwayne Johnson are all repped by WME, and a complete turnover of DC stars by Warners would put them in check to a big agency. No one is getting ready to go to war a la CAA slash Disney with Johansson, despite everyone currently playing nice, an anxiousness lurks a good title for a story on the other hand we hear that wme repped flash director andy muschetti and indiana jones director james mangold i like james mangold's work i hope that he is not in the future described as indiana jones director i'm just saying are excited to do business with the gun saffron led studio uh gun sought to ease uh the agita today in a twitter multi-post we already talked about while it's an understatement to say change is never easy the arrival of Gunn and Saffron to DC is akin to any major boss taking over a studio or a football coach taking over a team. They're going to bring their own vision, and more likely than not, history will be rewritten. Give the guys some credit. They're setting out to make a more cohesive franchise like Marvel. More from Gunn here, talking about all these various movies. That's all I actually wanted to say. It is interesting to see Deadline kind of carrying water for the prospect of a complete restart. I do think that the DC universe, such as it is, has been a mess for a long time, and so I'm actually a little bit sympathetic to just restarting from scratch, uh, but I don't think this is the way Warner Brothers wanted to go about it. And it is interesting to see how little control Warner Brothers apparently has over its information pipelines because they have been the center of leaks and rumors and innuendo and speculation for basically the whole year. Warner Brothers, of course, incorporated even more than just the DC side of things, all sorts of movie stuff, all sorts of CNN stuff. There's just been rumors all across their media enterprise. Uh, and they seemingly have a ship that is not entirely... Uh, protected from leaks and discontent uh, and everything else. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. Casual Friday, DC Comics. It's wild out there, folks. The Hollywood Reporter, from the headlines perspective, going out there knowing they know nothing, but wanting to report about what they don't know. It's fair. It took the comic book, pop culture, internet zeitgeist world by storm. Um, it went everywhere that I saw. It was all over my timeline. Paragraphs looked upon very closely, analyzed YouTube videos, the rest. Uh, and it is interesting to see exactly how people react to that. There's still clearly interest in the DC Comics universe, but uh, it's going to take a while. And is James Gunn the right guy to lead it? Don't know. We will have to see. 
<laughs> all right, folks, that's been Casual Friday for today. I really enjoyed talking with you all. Really enjoyed talking with you all a lot yesterday as well. There will be more FTC Microsoft stuff. That'll probably take over the substance of the channel for some time. And I want to thank JoJo, who just gifted five Hoglaw memberships. That is awesome. Really appreciate it, JoJo. Really appreciate the support of the channel. Uh, but if you're sick of Microsoft Activision, I am very sorry. It's going to be one of the main subject matters on the show for a while, I would guess. Um, and we've got a lot to cover there. We'll continue to cover it. I have no idea whether or not I will actually do another virtual reality today. I should, but I have a lot of other things to handle, a lot of other things going on. And I'm taping for another show today as well. So a lot of things going on here in the Hoglaw YouTube channel and the Hoglaw firm and everything else, everything in between. And I wish you the best Friday, the best weekend. And if you do like this content, you haven't yet, hit that like button on the way out. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe. Check out the store because if you want to get something by the holiday, you got to get it out by today or tomorrow. Uh, and otherwise, just have a fun one. No Michigan football this weekend, not because they're out of anything, but because they won it all. Have a great one, everybody.